There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Soho Strangler Week by Murdmile. To accompany the series, here's a few extra details from the police files and the court records to aid your enjoyment and maybe even help you crack the case. This episode is about the reliability of eyewitness testimony. Now, what I'm going to do with this one, I'm just going to focus on the murder of French Marie. Uh, As you can remember, with French Fifi, uh, Marie Cotton, um, there were no, no one cited in and around where the murder took place so we don't actually have anyone that we can say yes this is definitely the killer uh, with Dutch Lair we kind of have a sighting of someone who could potentially be the killer um, the person who was last seen going into 66 Old Compton Street with Dutch Lair but we can't confirm whether that was the killer whereas with French Marie we've got a unique situation here in that it was in broad daylight there were multiple people not only did people uh, unlike with Dutch Lair, where some people got a fleeting glimpse, here people actually stood opposite the killer. Some of them even spoke to him in broad daylight, in in normal environment. So this is kind of this is almost perfect. And even better, we even know what the killer looks like. We even know what the suspect looks like. So it's perfect. We can kind of make a good comparison here. So I'm just going to focus on French Marie. Now, with eyewitness testimony, it's always going to be problematic. Um, The police state that eyewitness testimony is only ever about 30% accurate. Your eyes are pretty good. It's just how your eyes, how your memory translates things and what your memory chooses to remember. Because it doesn't remember everything. It only remembers the pieces it wants to remember. And the rest, it tends to make up, unfortunately. So uh, eyewitness testimony is not good. And we'll we'll prove that with the next section. Um, also, the problem with the eyewitness testimony, especially in this case as well, is that think about this situation. You've got French Marie walking down a street where she is known she's known to be a sex worker she's walking her patch hand in hand with a client who she clearly likes there's no shouting there's no screaming so why would anyone remember that why would anyone remember french marie and the man it would turn out to be norman stevenson why would they why would people in a market remember two people walking through a market holding hands there's nothing if it, if if it, if something violent happened they would remember it um one of the problems with the eyewitnesses as well is that obviously um if a situation happens 
in a place the police turn up there and then they can turn around they can grab the uh the eyewitnesses and go okay we need a statement unfortunately many had to be interviewed the next day some having been tracked down were interviewed a couple of days later so your your memory of what happened can change uh don't forget people would have read details in the papers um which can also affect what you remember because you read the papers you believe that what's in the papers is true therefore you start discounting what's in your own memory you start discounting your own belief um it's it's also this is only something i discovered recently it's also a biological fact that you don't remember what happened what you remember is the memory of remembering so it, it's kind of like as we say like like chinese whispers i believe in america you call it telephone it's like it's like you say something to someone and then you pass it on to the next person and the next person it gets diluted as it goes down and it's the same with memory as well when you remember something you're remembering the last time you've remembered it and because you're in a different location from when you originally saw something therefore different pieces get added the different pieces get edited out unfortunately it's it's the way the brain works you you just can't help that so uh yeah so let's dive in to the uh, french marie's murder so um as we know uh, norman stevenson 24 years old five foot three kind of thin to medium build roundish face relatively pasty with a ruddy uh, complexion blue eyes dark kind of brown brush back hair some said it was greased back uh, wearing a dark brownish suit slightly scruffy uh, and wearing no hat now um let's dive into what people saw now let's not forget they saw a man uh, multiple people saw the same man in broad daylight in a public space um so this is the perfect place to be able to see someone and to get a really good of even in the pub as well the, even though it was inside and it wasn't outside in the daylight even inside the pub the people were just a few feet away they were talking to each other there was there was nothing in the way there was no distraction some of the witnesses even had a nice long conversation with norman stevenson so you would expect their description of the man that they would be asked the next day maybe the day after that maybe the day after that what their recollection was but let's not forget they're in the pub they've had a couple of couple of bevies might be a little bit confused so um mrs gertrude calthorpe now she was one of the ladies who was in the pub with french with french marie they were chatting um and she said the man was about 28 years old very short thin build face was roundish and somewhat pasty he had no hat and she thought she thought he was wearing a brown suit so not terrible not terrible at all frederick thomas dobson who was the man who had a conversation with him about uh because they were ex-miners um and he was the one who said uh, he's got a newcastle accent he described him as 35 to 36 so he's 12 years out five foot four not too bad medium build full face sallow complexion looks like he works indoors i.e pasty fair hair 
so not dark hair, fair hair, parted at the side, slightly curly, clean-shaven, thick jaw, just dressed in a brown suit with a distinctive stripe, soft-collar tie and waistcoat. Now, see, that's interesting, isn't it? He dis- he can describe the dark suit, dark brown suit with a distinctive soft uh, stripe on the soft collar, the tie, and the waistcoat. But he can't remember the hair. He said the hair was fair, whereas actually it was kind of dark. And he said he spoke with a Newcastle accent. So he was able to pin down the area of the country pretty well. Thank God Newcastle has quite a distinctive accent. Um, if anyone if anyone is not from the UK, type in Newcastle accent. You'll get a sense of what it is. I'm not going to do an insulting version of it here. But it's it's one of the few accents, I would say, in the United Kingdom where you can't refuse it you can't confuse it with anything else it's the same it's the same as brummy do you know as a brummy myself i can say that but you can't confuse it with those other stuff uh, uh george daniel bakewell who was the match seller who was also the other guy who spent about 20 minutes with norman um stevenson said he was 24 to 30 5 foot 4 medium build clean shaven dark tweed suit no hat dark brush back hair which was greased he thinks the man had a scar on one of the si- on the side of his face and also spoke with a Newcastle accent. So not terrible. Um, Phyllis Kingham, who was known as Merle, said he was five foot four. He didn't wear a cap. He had straight hair, wasn't bad looking, had a plump face, was aged 28 to 30 and didn't wear a hat. So the ages, ages are changing. It, but, but then again, you think about it. It's hard to pin down someone's age, isn't it? It's hard to pin... The only reason you can pin down someone's height is if you're standing next to them and you know that you're five foot six. And if they're five foot four and they're a little bit shorter, you know, you just... You go, well, they're about a couple of inches shorter than me. But when you look at something like uh, with Dutch Leia, where Emilio Plantino and Nelly Few saw the man walking with Dutch Leia walking along the street... And that would have been a fleeting glimpse at midnight. It was dark. The lighting wasn't particularly good. So what they're basing it on is the height of Dutch Lair. And they know that Dutch Lair was about five foot tall. But the problem is Dutch Lair, because she was quite short, she often wore high heels. And we don't know what shoes she was wearing that night. So that makes it difficult. So um, they may have said he was five foot five to five foot seven, I think, was the description they gave. But that's all dependent on whether she was wearing heels or not because if she was wearing if she wasn't wearing heels then he would look taller than he actually was if if he if she was wearing heels she would look more kind of the same height as him if he was five foot three she would be about five three five four as well so it it kind of throws everything off also you've got depth perception as well that throws everything off uh thomas thomas leith who was a fishmonger said that he was aged about 30 was shorter than Elsie. Uh, uh, everyone calls her Elsie. This is French Marie. She was five foot three. Uh, so he's actually saying that he was about five foot two uh, and wearing a dark suit. Here's one for you. This 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 is kind of interesting to do with ages. Henry Boone, who was the newspaper boy, so he was only about fifteen years old. He said that uh, Norman Stevenson was aged about forty. But when you think about it when you're 16 years old and you see someone who's aged about 25 they look a lot older than you would think it's like i'm 
47 now and oh dear dread to think about it um and whenever i whenever i look at people who are the same age as me i always think god they look really old i hope i don't look that old but i'm sure other people look at me and think the same do you know and when you're it's like when you're at school and say you're in secondary school so um um, that's ages 11 to 16 and when you join secondary school you look up at the 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 kids who are in the the final year they're age 16 years old and they're they're huge they're tall they're all got they're all got like a a bum fluff and you think oh they're all so grown up and then when you get to 16 you just go no they're not really are they it's 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 all about perspective so with henry boone he said uh, the person was about 40 so that's 16 years out um he said he was five foot four spoke with a foreign accent i'm sorry to anyone out there who is a geordie but uh, henry boone described a newcastle accent as a foreign accent but then again let's not forget this is a a young boy who's almost certainly lived in london all of his life do you know he he's he knows the london accent so when he hears something like that it doesn't make sense to him he does he can't he can't equate it unlike someone like uh frederick who was the miner he's worked all around the country so he's picked up accents before he knows he can he can hear a geordie accent and go oh that guy's from newcastle whereas henry boone just goes i don't recognize this voice at all it's entirely foreign um henry would also say he had fair hair pale face a light suit and no hat see all the details are off uh reuben packroft interestingly reuben was one of the there was only two people it was reuben packroft the bookseller and sadie gibber the fruiter's assistant who both worked on the stalls they were the two who in the id parade we'll get to that shortly um was able to say that's categorically him but look at their details here reuben packroft said now as as a backtrack reuben used to sell true crime detective magazines uh to french marie on a regular basis so he knew her really well he knew exactly what she liked he'd seen her with norman stevenson he said at least twice maybe three times prior but he described him as 35 to 40 years five foot four inches dark brown hair brushed straight back that's right ruddy complexion yes average build yes dark suit and no hat clothes a little shabby appearance of a broke down clerk see not terrible he just he he got the the uh age entirely off um miss sadie gibber the fruiter's assistant said he was about 30 same height as the woman that's about right proportionately built for the height yep hair greased back and brushed back no hat clean shaven sallow complexion pale uh he looked like a low type of person god i hope no one describes me as that uh, a dark gray suit very dirty she had never seen her with this man before which is interesting because reuben had but then again people have different memories it's like i just went into the coffee shop uh, around the corner and they went oh hello michael <laughs> so, what would you like michael do you want a, a decaf soya latte or do you want the uh do you want a soya hot chocolate it's like i don't even need to ask the question anymore they know me now so they know what i like creature of habit um uh, same uh henry radley the fishmonger said that norman was around age, aged around 40 was a little shorter than the woman uh which is odd because they're about the same height although let's not forget she may have been wearing uh heels um kathleen Uller, who was a friend said he was aged 25 to 30 five foot six um 
about the lady's height, which is interesting because she's five foot three, but she's saying they're the same height. But do you know, it's all about perspective, isn't it? It's all about what you can remember. Do you know, we do, you don't walk into a pub like I was in a pub like two nights ago. I can't remember anyone who was in there. I remember the annoying kids who were running around. I remember the sound of their annoying squealing. Uh, and the fact that one of them fell over and started crying and uh yeah oh so annoying so annoying children um but um i don't remember the anyone's faces i don't remember what the person who served me looked like at all so um and and why would i but but that's interesting today the police may turn up and say oh, the person who served you in the pub two nights ago was murdered can you remember who they were and i go i can't remember if it was a man or a woman i really can't um even on here, Eva Schladever, who was the tenant who lived above Marie, said uh, he was aged 30 to 35, 5 foot 6, sallow complexion, mid-brown hair, blue eyes, dark suit. And her husband uh, didn't see his face at all, so uh, he, could, he could barely give a good reference. But that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Everything's all, all a mess. And there's sometimes, to go back to French Fifi some people do make honest mistakes so i i may have mentioned this in extra mile but um around the time around the time of uh french fifi's murder they were they were the police wanted to speak to anyone who was a taxi driver in the area because the likelihood is that french uh, french fifi would have been picked up by a taxi and taken back to our flat at some point um and they mentioned that she was on uh, Archer Street. So uh, 1.30am on Monday the 4th of November, around the time that she was murdered, a taxi driver called Charles Branch said he picked up a woman he thought came from 4 Archer Street. She did. Uh, and she asked to be driven to Hillmartin Road, uh, just off the Caledonian Road, so just past King's Cross, uh, where they picked up a man and both were driven back to 4 Archer Street. Um, he said, owing to the mannerisms of the woman, it struck me at the time that something was wrong. Now, the problem is, he was absolutely right. A, a woman, a prostitute, did leave 3 to 4 Archer Street at that time, did go off to King's Cross, did pick up a man, did drive them back to the flat in and around the time that she was murdered. Uh, unfortunately, that was Millie Warren, her neighbour, and she was uh, upstairs in bed with William Charles Hill, who was her boyfriend at the time. Um, so it's interesting that line that he says, um, owing to the mannerisms of the woman, it struck me at the time that something was wrong. But there was nothing wrong. These two, Millie and William, were really good friends. Uh, he regularly came around to see her. She really liked him. He stayed the whole night. So it's interesting how people can kind of attribute fear to something, even though they don't see it. But after they've read about it in the papers and they go, oh, someone was murdered. And then they go, oh, yeah, I, I'm almost certain that they were terrified. I'm almost certain I heard something. But, you know, she didn't. It was just a lady going back to a flat with her friend um so the details were almost right and he wasn't lying at all it's just it's just your memory it, it, we want to make connections we want to be helpful we want to do the best that we can for other people and sometimes we sometimes our, our brains take a little bit too much of a leap um going back to french marie so uh if you remember in the episode, so uh, French uh, Marie was murdered August 1937. It took the police 
a year and a half it was about 17 months 17 18 months in total to find norman stevenson and to finally arrest him uh, owing to the murder of uh, catherine Maud chamberlain over in durham so it's a long time and they knew this was going to be a really tall order but what they needed to do was get all of the witnesses who had given all these statements and say right um what is that horrible noise so I could hear a horrible noise outside. It's really distracting me. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, they needed to get all the witnesses together and say, um, "Right, you saw this man. We have arre- we have arrested someone. Here's a lineup. Is the man in this lineup?" So it was a standard ID parade. Legally, it has to co- had to consist of at least eight people who had to be uh, who. S- as far as possible, resemble the suspect in age, height, general appearance, and position in life. That's the exact statement. Um, so the police report said uh, it should be pointed out, however, that on the question of identification, a considerable period of time had elapsed, and the witnesses may experience some difficulty in now identifying the man. Although at the time of making the statements, they gave a very good description, which, on comparison with police records, is identical to that of Norman Stevenson. So when they actually took, even though we went through all of those witness statements, just a little bit ago and they all seemed quite wildly different um when you actually piece it all together the police did an average description and they said they worked out he was aged 24 to 30 5 foot 3 to 4 thin to medium build but proportionate round-faced round face pasty with a ruddy complexion blue eyes dark brown hair brushed back possibly greased uh a dark brownish or grey suit which was scruffy and made of different odd bits of material and no hat even though two people actually said he he, it did look as if he was wearing a hat but he wasn't wearing a hat and he spoke with a newcastle accent now with the id parade uh they couldn't they couldn't stand there and say okay each person you need to you need to say these specific words unfortunately it's a visual identification they couldn't say can you say why are you man <laughs> i mean i mean that you know it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't have worked at all that was my that was my really feeble attempt at a geordie accent um so this was the id parade uh it happened on the 14th of march 1939 so 17 18 months later at albany police station between 3 25 p.m and finishing at 4 25 p.m um out of the 20 witness witnesses uh, there were thir- 13 called in total um mrs eva schladever who was living above uh she identified a man called thomas brown which is interesting she she saw him on the stairs I mean, she did eventually say that kind of on the stairs it was quite dark on there so the, the the lighting wasn't particularly good and she only saw him for a couple of seconds so that's kind of forgivable uh kaufman schladever identified a man called john page but he would he would say in his statement that he never saw norman stevenson's face um gertrude who was uh, the friend who was with french marie she also identified a man called thomas brown now before these people went on the id parade th- these aren't just random people that the the police are gonna ask fine they you know they look about right uh the police know they are um they've got them on record they've already assessed them in advance they've already worked out where these people are or were on the night of the murder so they've already been discounted they know that they're innocent they know that they've got nothing to do with it but 
physically they look about right so you, they're they're perfect for an id parade uh, reuben packroft uh, who actually lived on seaton street um it says his id was very definite and he picked out the prisoner before he had completed all members of the id parade um interesting though that he got the he got the age wrong but you know it's as mentioned it is hard to kind of pin down people's ages uh, mrs kathleen ula uh she picked out a man called john shelton uh george daniel bakewell uh, who was one of the guys he was the match seller who was uh, who spoke to him in the pubs for 20 minutes he couldn't identify him at all and um, one of the things that may have thrown them off is uh, i didn't put this in the episode because it did too it was already a complicated series and i didn't want to throw too many red herrings in there there was already enough in there but um after the murder uh norman stevenson when he went back up to uh, newcastle he actually grew sideburns so um he got his usual messy hair but he'd grown really really long sideburns which is why with the at the end of the episode where he goes to a policeman he said I, I'm, I'm just i'm fed up everyone keeps uh having a go at me about my appearance the thing was everyone had uh because his description in the paper was so detailed because the press hadn't messed around with it then been arseholes by saying he was um he had a hunchback or you know something to make him monstrous they were quite accurate about it because everyone kept saying it looks like you you look like the man who, who they're describing to be the killer that really wound him up so it was perfect bit of uh journalism that actually in the end ended up catching a killer um so they may not have been able to identify him here because he had a big old set of lamb chops um mrs sadie uh, gibber uh she was the market stall holder as well worked on the fish stall she was very definite she stated this is the man um james pritchard uh, he couldn't identify anyone uh phyllis kingham who was there as well did oh she couldn't identify anyone henry boone the young paperboy he couldn't identify uh the killer um henry alexander who was in the pub as well could not identify him frederick dobson who spent 20 minutes with the man couldn't identify him and joseph clancy who was also in the pub and spent about half an hour with him uh could not identify him either so um kind of interesting uh uh eva schladever said i attended the id parade on the 14th of april 1913 14th of march 1939 at albany police station and i picked out a man i thought was the man i had seen enter at 306 euston road it was such a long time ago now that i'm not too sure i would know the man again i saw him on the stairs with uh estelle that's actually marie uh and the light was not very good so um as you can see do you know time passing by makes it really difficult for anyone uh, eyewitnesses to be able to go there's that person but even even if you take away the from the equation the fact that they uh, the id parade was 17 18 months later even seeing a person that you only saw the day before and then the police going right what did he look like it's hard to pick even if you've got a perfect image in your head you're having to equate all of these details and if you were to like if someone were to look at me it's like what height would they say i am they'd probably say i'm somewhere between probably five nine and six 
one probably I'm, I'm just under six foot what size am i do you know that's that horrible thing some people would say i'm probably average someone will probably say i'm really fat do you know it's, it's some people would say i'm bald others would say stubbly do you know there's there's a fine line of um descriptions we all have a different way of describing things and we all think that we're, we're right and uh, age is a really difficult one height is weight is it's all really complicated so um so eyewitness testimony can't be a hundred percent it's it's 30 percent accurate and that's about as good as we're gonna get if you enjoyed that there's more to come your regular episodes of murder mile will return on thursday the 27th of april or a few days earlier via patreon If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.